0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Okay. <laughs> Good evening. Okay. Here we're going to be in the book of Philippians tonight once again, and I want to be preaching about re- winning the race of life, winning the race of life. Um and I tell you I think that it's it is the will of God for us to win in the race of life and uh as we're going to see in a little bit, I know that that sometimes can be uh connected with uh you know, this overly positive thinking, but uh, but there is a scriptural thing about God wanting us to win. He wants you to win at the race of life, and one of the great winners in the race of life is the Apostle Paul, and so we're going to be studying some of the things that he had to share with us today. One of the things that some of the people that are talking about winning today forget about are that If you're going to win the race, uh, there are certain rules uh, as you run the race. There are certain rules if you're going to qualify and cross the finish line and actually get the reward or get the medal, what have you. And we'll see that in just a moment. Without any further delay, let's get into the book of Philippians tonight, chapter 3, verse number 12, and we'll look at what the Bible says here. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that which I may apprehend, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And so when he uses that terminology, reaching forth, it literally means stretching as in a race, pushing, stretching as in a race. So this is an illustration. Paul used many many illustrations throughout the New Testament to illustrate uh, you know different things about the Christian life and in this text he once again goes to being an athlete um, and I appreciate that because he he does refer to athletics a lot and uh, and I'm a big sports fan I know not all of you are but there's some great illustrations between sports and the Christian life and sports and life in general and so he uses this uh, ath- this athletic um, you know uh, example as the race. He he says in another place in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So he says, so run that ye may obtain and then another passage in Hebrews, chapter number 12, which is a pretty famous verse, is about running the race. Uh, Wherefore, seeing also we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. I mean, there's people in the stands. There's people cheering us on. And these are people from the heavens that are cheering for us. And the, the martyrs that so faithfully endured before us. Uh, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience, which speaks of endurance, uh, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So in these texts about racing, there's so many things that we can learn because you're in the race uh, called life. Uh, The question is, how are you doing in this race? All right. Uh, Let us run with patience. He says endurance. I don't know if any of you have ever run or not, uh, but if you have ran, uh, you know that endurance is pretty important if you're going to make any distance at all. And uh, so uh, endurance, uh, hanging in there even when things get hard, hanging in there when your lungs burn, hanging in there when your legs hurt, hanging in there when your mind says you can't do it anymore. It's not an easy race. Racing it and running isn't easy, but and that's why he's using this as an example. But he says there's a place you need to be to look in. Look unto Jesus, Amen. Put, keep your eyes on the Lord, okay. And so uh, it's important understanding here that when we're talking about running the race and getting the finish line and getting the goal and getting the reward, this is. Not talking about uh, being saved, and it 's not talking about heaven. Paul is not talking about running this race, and if you finish, you're going to make it to heaven. No. The moment you trusted Christ as Savior, listen, the Bible says you have eternal life from that moment, and uh, and you are saved. Amen. You have a place reserved for you in heaven. So you're not running to try to get to heaven. We're running because we're going to heaven. It's interesting because he's using the running example, uh, and and people would compete in the Olympics back in these days, and people did not compete to gain citizenship for their country they competed because they were citizens of that country if you weren't a citizen you couldn't run so if you're not saved you may be in the the rat race of life but are you running you're not running the christian life the race that god has laid out for you and so I want to tell you uh, how to make sure you get on track, all right? If you're not on track, I want to tell you how to get on track to start with, then how to run this race. But, uh, and it's, but it's an awesome thing. Since we're already the children of God through Christ, we have a responsibility of running the race and achieving the goals that God has set before us, <clears throat> That's great on a live video. But anyway, uh, achieving the goals that God has set before us. Okay. Uh, The the graphic picture uh, in Philippians 2, 12 and 13 is work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Okay. So the question is this, all right, uh, without any more delay, we'll get into these points. Do you want to be a winning Christian? Do you want to win? All right, who are you competing with? That's that's an important question because you're not out trying to outdo another Christian, uh, but do you want to win? Do you want to be a winner? Uh, because that's what God wants you to be. And he tells us how to be that. Do you want to be a winning Christian and fulfill the purposes for which you have been saved? If so, Paul gives us four points this evening. We're going to go through these and spend just a little bit of time on each one on how that we can win at the race of life. Are you ready? The very first one is this. The key, one of the four keys to being a winner in the race of life is dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction, not being satisfied. What did the apostle say there in verse 12? He says, not as though I have already attained. Not as though I've already attained. He says, you know what? I've done some things. Paul was a great Christian. I mean, this man... He had won more souls, he had planted more churches, he had discipled more believers than anybody ever up to this point. And he didn't just sit back on his laurels and say, well, man, I've achieved so much now. What else do I need to do? No, sir, he was not satisfied with that. He said, there's more to be done. There's more souls. There's more to be accomplished for the cause of Christ. Now, he was content with Christ, all right? He was content in his Christian life. He says, I've learned in all things to be content, but he was not content with what he had accomplished and what he had allowed God because he knew there was so much more that God wanted to do through him. And no matter what God has done through you, He wants to do more through you. Dissatisfaction. Um, And so I I was thinking about a good example of this dissatisfaction in athletes. I think about Michael Jordan. University of North Carolina, all right? But I think about uh, Michael Jordan, okay? He started out as one of the most athletic talents. He was famous for his drives. He was famous for his dunks. uh, But And in this, he was very successful. I mean, he became one of the most popular players uh, in in America, all right, during that time. But you know what? He wasn't satisfied with that. He was fairly thin. He was fairly skinny. So he'd get knocked around. He'd get pushed down. So he put on like... 20 pounds of muscle from one season to the next. You know why? Because he wasn't satisfied. He said, I need to be stronger. All right? So, uh, but, but not only that. That led him to be a stronger finisher. He was one of the highest scorers in the league, but that wasn't good enough. He learned to involve his teammates more. Uh, he won a championship. I mean, what a goal. That's what he was striving toward, but you know what? That wasn't good enough. He went on to win six altogether. So what, what happened? He was a man that was not satisfied because he said there's more that can be done. There's more that can be accomplished. Now as God's people, if we're gonna win, we don't need to be satisfied with what we've done. Well, I've done okay. I'm, I'm a good enough husband. I'm a good enough wife. I'm, I'm, I'm a good enough church member. I've done enough as a preacher. Listen, man, I don't care who you are. If you're still living, there's still stuff for you to do. Uh, and you may have accomplished a great many things, but there's so much more to accomplish. So dissatisfaction is the first thing. See, many Christians are self-satisfied because they're comparing themselves to the wrong thing. They're comparing their, their running with other Christians. And of course, what we like to do a lot of times is compare to the ones that aren't running as well as maybe we are, okay? And then, then we think, well, we're doing pretty good. But Paul could, Paul did not compare himself with others, but Paul compared himself uh, with, with himself and he compared himself with Jesus Christ. In other words, he looked at, at himself and said, you know what, I think God, I'm still here. There's still more I can do for Christ. And then he compared himself to Christ and said, you know what, I've got much more to be accomplished. And let me tell you something, be dissatisfied. I mean, think I need to do more, I need to learn more. Amen, I need to memorize more. I need to pray more don 't be satisfied if you're going to be if you 're going to win at this thing called life, you cannot be satisfied. You must be dissatisfied. Often, the Bible warned against a false estimate of our spiritual condition that there was a church in the book of Revelation called Sardis, and Sardis had a name that they were living, but Jesus said they were dead. They had a reputation without a reality, a reputation without a reality. And some churches, some Christians are okay with their reputation. People think I'm a great Christian. People think I'm a faithful church member. People think this, that, and whatever else, and that's good enough. But is that a reality? See, because ultimately, it doesn't matter what the people think. It don't matter what the people in the race think. It's It matters what the judge thinks, amen? The one who is watching, the one that we're running, for. That's what matters. So, uh, keep on running with that in mind. All right. Dissatisfied. Not so, uh, the, 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 church at Laodicea, they boasted that they were rich, but God said, no, you're poor. You're poor. Uh, and so, uh, I, I love what the Psalmist says in Psalm 42 verses one and two, as the heart panneth after the water brooks, so panneth my soul after thee, O God, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. I mean, man, listen, be thirsty for God, be hungry for God, be You know, sometimes the reason we're not hungry, I've used this illustration many times, but I think about times that uh, maybe, uh, I always think about years ago, I'd uh, maybe be on my way home from work after we first got married, Melanie and I, and I would uh, get a big king size Snickers or something. I used to eat more of that junk back in those days. but uh, And I'd get home and she'd have a great supper on the table and I wouldn't be that hungry. You know why? Because I was filling myself up on junk. And sometimes that's what we do. We're not hungry for the things that matter sometimes because we are filled up with other things. So very first thing, what is it? Listen, be dissatisfied. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Do more, amen, learn more, win more, praise God. Uh, make a difference. Don't be satisfied. So number one, dissatisfaction. Number two, devotion, devotion. What does he say there in the last part of verse 13? This one thing I do, this one thing I do, one thing See that that became an uh, that's an important phrase. It became an important phrase in the life of D. L. Moody. Before the tragedy of the Chicago Fire in 1871, uh, D. L. Moody was. Uh, involved in Sunday school promotion, YMCA uh, work, evangelistic meetings, and many other activities. He was spreading himself all around. But after the fire, he determined to devote himself exclusively to evangelism. This one thing I do became a reality to him. And as a result, millions of people heard the gospel and come to Christ. Uh, This one thing, I like thinking about devotion. I like what the apostle says in Acts 20, verse 24. Talking about all the things that he had gone through, he said, "But none of those things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy." He was devoted. We must devote ourselves to running the Christian life. No athlete succeeds at everything. Uh, you know, the, there's a reason why, I like people like Bo Jackson from the sports world from years ago, was such a big deal because he was a great football player. He was a, a great baseball player. Uh, I guess he's still a great archer, but that's a rare thing. Uh, most people, you know, the the, the the greats, you know, we mentioned Jordan earlier, the great baseball players, the great runners. You know what they do? Man, they practice on their craft every day. They're devoted to that. That's what they're focusing on. They're specializing in that. And may God help us to specialize on the Christian life, specialize on living our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Specialize. We need to be specialists. There are uh, those who get distracted on so many other things, and I'm telling you, they end up losing as a result of it. May God help us to realize uh, that the time is short, and I'm preparing a message for Sunday, by the way, and just reemphasizing the fact that the time is short. I mean, listen, I've been preaching since I've been saved that Jesus is coming again, but I'm telling you, he's coming again, and uh, and, and, and he could come tomorrow, but you know what else? I could die tomorrow. I could die before this uh, live stream is over, uh, but uh, so I need to be ready. I need to be working. I need me making a difference in the time that I can. Redeeming the time, the Bible says. So there is uh, dissatisfaction, there's devotion, there's direction. There's direction. Alright, what does he say there in the in verse 13? Reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now listen to me. This one's really important. Be sure you get this one. Direction. Those who are controlled by the past are gonna lose. Those who lose are controlled by the past, but the winner looks toward the future. Looking back, I'll tell you, I don't know a whole lot about racing and running a race. Uh, I ran a few 5Ks and things like that, but no major thing. But even in those, one thing I know is that you don't win if you're looking back the entire time, uh, because that's going to throw you off course. Man, you've got you to keep your uh, eyes ahead. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of times when you're running a race, for one thing, you've got to have that ultimate goal in mind, but something else you've got to have along the way is you've got to have some small goals in mind. I'd like to to reach this point man there's times when you're running the race and you don't feel like you can go on much further and you just look ahead and say okay just keep running to that sign keep running to that tree whatever it is keep pushing pushing keep pressing and you're going to make it some you got to keep achieving the small goals in order to accomplish the big goal a lot of times so but keep looking ahead quit looking back Quit talking about what's behind you all the time. Quit living in the past. Listen, God has a future for you. And it's one of the great things, by the way, about God and the Christian life. One of the great principles about true Christianity is that it's not about your past. It's about your future. It's about your present. It's about your future. Forgetting those things is what he said. We should be future-oriented. Forgetting those things which are behind. To forget, in biblical terms, means no longer influence or affected by them. So when it says forgetting those things, we can't forget some of the things that we've gone through in our lives. And God's not saying that all of a sudden, oh, I don't even remember that ever happening. No, what he's saying is it's a choice. Forgetting those things. We are no longer going to allow ourselves to be influenced and affected by the things of the past in a negative way. So forgetting those things which are behind simply means we break the power of the past by living for the future. You can break the power of the past. Some of you have chains, man. You're trying to run a race and you've got anchors connected to something from years ago or from months ago, from weeks ago, whatever it might be. You can't run with that. You're being drugged down. Man, you can sever those chains. You can put that stuff behind you by the grace of God. You can choose to leave it behind. Now, this is a really important thing. You say, preacher, I can't forget it. Well, we, we may not be able to forget it this way, but we need to make a choice. So you know what? It's not going to affect me the way the devil would mean for it to affect me. So forgetting, this is a cool thing. We cannot change the past, but did you know that you can change the meaning of the past? I'll say that again. You can't change the past, but you can change the meaning of the past. What do I mean by that? Well, just consider the life of Joseph back in the book of Genesis. His story begins in chapter number 37. You read, it's a tragic story uh, from, from one side. His brothers are envious of him, and as a result of that, they conspire to kill him. His older brothers conspire to kill him. They rough him up. They throw him down in a pit. Uh, one of the older brothers talks his brothers out of killing him and says, "Well, let's just sell him as a slave." He was sold to be a slave into Egypt. He was put into a house uh, and, and was working in a house. He was falsely accused. Have any of you been falsely accused? He was falsely accused. He was sold to be a slave. He was envied and betrayed by his brothers. Have you been betrayed? Have you been envied? Have you been slandered? Joseph had, and then he spent ten years in prison because of a false accusation. And all that time, there's something that the Bible says about it that says the Lord was with Joseph. And at the end of that, uh, Joseph's brothers after years came back to him. And ultimately, here's what he said. He said that all those things that happened to me, and he looked at his brothers and he said, you did me wrong. You meant to hurt me. He said, you meant it for evil. That's my past. But he changed the meaning of the past. You know how? He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God meant it for good. You can't change your past. There's times I wished I could change my past, but I don't want to change my past. I can just change the meaning of my past. And you can change the meaning of your past. I mean, think about Joseph. He could have been bitter, but but he wasn't. He broke the power of the past. They meant it for evil. God meant it for good. See, the devil meant your upbringing for evil. He meant your abusive mother or father or whatever bad situation you went through. Man, the devil meant that for evil. But I'm telling you, God is able to turn that and make it a good thing. You say, how can he make it a good thing? Because there's a lot of other people out there that have gone through what you've gone through. God can heal you. He can put your life back together. He can give you forgiveness, and he can help you to help somebody else. Amen? So you can't change your past, but you can change the meaning of your past. So many people uh, are, are ashamed of their past. Uh, they, they don't want to talk about their past. And I'm not saying that we should glory in our past, but I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong. Sometimes I, I saw somebody shared something today that talked about you need to uh, to, to share uh, about the about the, uh, the, the 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 mountain that you made it over and the valley that you made it through uh, on, on your life and in your journey because it may be a page and that, that somebody else can read later on that'll help them through whatever trouble they're facing we can't change our past we can change the meaning of our past i mean the, the shame the terrible choices that we made now that's meant for evil but it can be turned around for god for our good and for god's glory too many are shackled shackled by the regrets of the past They are trying to run the race while looking backward the whole time. You can't run a race like that. No wonder people stumble. You wanna know why you keep stumbling? Maybe you're looking back. You wanna know why you keep falling? Maybe you're looking back instead of looking ahead at what's ahead of you, all right? Keep looking ahead. Your direction is very key in winning this race. Some runners are being distracted by the su- some people are distracted by the failures of the past others are distracted by the successes of the past I appreciate uh, missionaries. I think of Keith Shoemaker. Man, the Lord has used him, he and his family, to do a great work in West Africa. Man, he's started and been involved in starting so many churches, but he's not satisfied with that. He wants to start 100 or 1,000, or I can't remember what his goal is. Uh, Amen. He's not satisfied. He's not not saying, well, boy, I've started more than a lot of other people have started. No, he's saying, man, there's more that can be done. And that's how we ought to be. And praise God, our church has the privilege to uh, support and pray for the Shoemaker family. But but we can be sometimes hung up and stumble on the successes as well as the failures. Uh, the things which are behind must be set aside. The things which are before must take their place. Listen to me tonight. There's a lot ahead of you. There's a lot before you. Look at what God says. God has a great plan for you. He's got a purpose. He's got many things ahead for you. You said, I just can't see it. Well, maybe you're looking the wrong way. Maybe you're looking in the wrong direction. Need to start looking in the right direction, amen? And you'll see, oh my goodness, there's too much ahead of me to get hung up on the past. So uh, the the direction is vital. It's impossible to have distraction, uh, or or it's, it's, it's possible to have dissatisfaction, devotion, and direction. You can accomplish this, but you can have those three and still lose the race and the reward. There's the fourth and a final essential as we'll see in just a minute. Uh, But in Philippians 3, 14, he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This means an intense endeavor, an intense endeavor. The Greeks used it to describe a hunter eagerly pursuing his prey. I press. I mean, when when an when a hunter when a when prey is uh or when the predator is pursuing its prey man there's a desperation there there is a this is the meal that I'm going to eat and maybe share with my family when that predator is after the prey there's a desperation to that i press I keep pushing. See, a man does not become a winning athlete by, listening, by simply listening to lectures or watching movies or reading books or cheering at the games. He becomes a winning athlete by getting into the game and determining to win. The same zeal that Paul had employed when he persecuted the church, he displayed when he was uh, that same determination in his spiritual life. And may God help us. Listen, there's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, leisure and pursuit. But man, may God help our main thing to be in whatever it is that we're doing. It may be, we all, you know, you got a different career and whatever that may be or a different calling. But even in, in that, you can do all to the glory of God and you can make a difference for him. You can win. The winner realizes that God must work in him if he's gonna win the race. Jesus said this in John 15, five, and uh, I try to pray this prayer every single day when I wake up in the morning. He, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing, amen? God must do it, but we've gotta be willing, amen? There's an old saying that says, let go and let God, and there's some truth in that, but there's another there's another saying that I just am saying is and this, let's go and let God. Let's get at it, man, and as we're at it, man, God's gonna bless and work. See, the winner realizes that God must work in him if we're going to win the race. And so, uh, and, and then the last one, I said I was going to give you the last one, but the last one is this, discipline, discipline. And that's a good time to shut it off, shut it off right? Discipline. Nobody, nobody likes, or not too many people like discipline, but, but here's what I mean by discipline. It's not enough to run hard and win the race. The runner must also, I alluded to this to start the message, obey the rules, obey the rules. In the Greek games, the judges were very strict about this. Any infringement of the rules disqualified the athlete. He did not lose his citizenship, he disgraced his citizenship, and and what I'm referencing there is if you're saved and you uh, break the rules, so to speak, of the race, you, you, you it doesn't mean that you're no longer a citizen. You may disgrace your citizenship as a Christian, but you don't lose your citizenship as a Christian. So the Greek the Greek athlete did not lose their citizenship; they just disgraced their citizenship. See, the athlete was rewarded for his performance, so the faithful um, runner would be uh, uh, rewarded. But if they were disqualified, they would lose the prize and they would lose the privilege of competing. Okay, Paul emphasizes this when he talks about that. In the, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, he says this, if any man also strive for masteries, if anybody is competing, yet he is, he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. See, there are ministries today who will violate, listen to me, there are ministries today who will violate any New Testament principle if it means getting a bigger crowd if it means results. Now, they appear to be winning. Oh, man, look at them. They're winning. They must not be doing anything wrong here. Look, it's like, my goodness, they're violating so much of the scripture, you know? I mean, uh... You know, they won't even mention hell or preach about the clear sins that the Bible speaks about. They just ignore that and they embrace it. And so it's like one, I heard one guy that planted a large church, but he went around the community and he literally just asked the community, what kind of church do you want? And and, and, he, and he literally said, uh, whatever they said is what we gave them. Now, there's nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't violate scripture, I suppose. But man, it's not about what the, what people want. It's about God, what God wants. And if what people want and what God wants isn't the same thing, we've got to go with what God wants. Yes. Right. I mean, it's not with what we want. It's about what God wants. So there's rules to follow. So there's, there's these, oh, they look so successful, but are they winning? It it reminds me they're, they're shortcuts. Uh, years ago, I believe it was in the eighties maybe. And I should have looked this name up, but I remember the lady's first name was Rosa, uh, or Rosie and I believe it was the Boston, the New York Marathon, and this lady went and got herself a bib, uh, you know, that the runners wear with a number on it, and literally uh, getting close to when the other runners were getting fairly close to the race, a few blocks before the finish line, she jumped into the, uh, into the, the, the lane and ran up there, not a drop of sweat on her, and she, she finishes in record time. Well, it doesn't do no good to cross the finish line if you didn't even run the race, if you didn't stay on track. And she didn't stay on track, and as a result of that, obviously, she was uh, uh, shamed. There, there's names like Marion Jones, uh, uh, Lance Armstrong. They these have become infamous. These are medal winners and record breakers, but it doesn't count if you cheat. It doesn't count if you cheat. Those, those medals get stripped. Um, that's why I believe, I believe Hank Aaron is still the home-run king, because I don't count Barry Bonds. Um, but this is what Paul had in mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he says, But I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself have become a castaway. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Discipline. The issue is not what he thinks or what the spectators think. So this is really important. We're winning the race, Okay. But who's gonna judge this race? What he's referring to is the Bema seat. There was a group of judges that would judge the the activities and judge the race. Uh, so they had to run, and it didn't matter what anybody else said. It mattered what they said. And I'm telling you, the one that's watching our lives is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why people may not approve of the way I'm doing things. People may not approve of the way I, I pastor, the way I preach. But you know what? I'm not seeking people's approval. I'm seeking the Lord's approval. And if I if I have his approval, then I'm okay, all right? Uh, and, and, and that's the same for you. Live your life to please the Lord, not others. And those who really care about you, you'll be a blessing to as you do that, but think about the people through life that uh, that the p- history's filled with people who began the race with great success, but failed at the at the end because they disregarded God's rules. They did not lose their salvation, but they lost rewards in heaven. I've seen many like this in my 27 years in the race. I've seen people start off just blazing speed, and then uh, but, but before it's over, they failed. They're disqualified. They step out. They they, they they get their sight in other places and they don't finish. Uh, by God's grace, man, one of my things that, that I've desired from early on when, when I got in the ministry, before I was started preaching, was, Lord, I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, man, you remember him? Man, he was such a blessing. You remember how well he done? Yeah, what's he doing now? Well, he's he, he's out of the ministry. He's out of church. You know, he he, he got distracted by sin and he got involved in these other things. Man, I don't want that to be me. Uh, and, and that's why I lean on the Lord, amen, and trust in him because it's all about him. But I, I don't, I, 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 I don't just want to start strong. I want to finish strong, man. I want to finish strong, and I hope you do too. And listen, Hallelujah! The Bible says that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We've got that guarantee, but we've just got to keep trusting in Him, Amen. Under Him, who is able to keep you, keep you, and and present you faultless before the presence of His glory with great joy. I mean, I'm leaning on those things. I can give you those verses because I'm leaning on that Lord. I'm trusting you, okay? And so, but just a, a couple things, just to finish this out. Think about Lot. Lot was doing really well, but I'm telling you, Lot, Samson, Saul, the King Saul, Ananias, and Sapphira, it can happen to them. It can happen to us. It's an, it, it's an exciting uh, experience to run the race daily. Again, looking unto Jesus, it will be even more exciting when we experience that upward calling and Jesus returns to take us to heaven, then we will stand before the Bema seat to receive our rewards. This was, uh, it was this future, this future that motivated the apostle Paul, and you can see it all through his writings. Right before Paul was about to be killed by, by Nero, by under Nero's authority, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course. And I want to be able to say that one day. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He finished. He won the race. And you know what? By God's grace, you can win the race. But let me ask you this in closing. Are you a citizen? Are are, are you in the race? Or are you just running around in circles? Maybe you feel like you're in in a maze. I mean, no matter which way you turn, life seems to be another dead end. You see one turn up here and you try that one and man, it doesn't work out. Let me ask you something. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your savior? If you don't, I want to tell you something. He wants to know you today. The very first step to winning is knowing him because he saves us. And the Bible says we're more than conquerors through him. So today, if you're not saved, please accept him as savior. If you're a child of God, man, get your eyes on the prize. Amen. Keep on going toward him. But if you don't know the Lord, the Bible says, if you're willing to turn to him, if you're willing to turn toward him and to be willing to ask God to forgive you, turn from your sins and say, God, please forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my Lord, and I want you to be my Savior. The Bible says he'll save you today, amen? And uh, and so I hope that you can do that rather than just trying another dead end. Well, listen, thank you for listening today. If, if you're receiving help from these messages, please share it with a friend. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, please, please feel free to share them. I'll sure try to respond as much as possible. And until next time, keep your eyes on the prize, amen? And may God bless you.